your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. What's up, Bills Mafia? Mike Lindsley here and with you. What a night it was. Monday Night Football, the Bills steamroll the Titans 41-7. to And let's waste no time in recapping this game with uh, a guy who's just getting it done covering the National Football League. It's our buddy Kevin Boylard. You can follow him on Twitter, of course, at Kevin Boylard. Uh, really a lot of platforms, man. Uh, content creator with CBS Sports, Fox Sports, Bleacher Report, and uh, just really doing an awesome, awesome job covering the National Football League. We are going to recap Titans, Bills, Monday Night Football, uh, an absolute roll job by the Bills with Kevin Boylard right now. Kevin, thanks for a few minutes on the Pandemonium Podcast. Bills Mafia, cannot wait to hear from you. How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? Everything's well here. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Bills steamroll the Titans. My first question is this. What unit on the Bills is better, the offense or the defense? It's really hard to tell. They're, they look like the most well-rounded team coming out the gates, and it's not really that surprising because everyone was picking them as a Super Bowl team heading into the season. My only concern is how often do we see the team that dominates the regular season go all the way? I got a feeling that Bills are going to be the regular season team. They'll finish with the best record, at least in the AFC, if not the whole NFL. But will they have what it takes to keep it rolling through the playoffs against whoever may get hot at the right time? So with Josh Allen, it almost seems like he's perfected the position. Is that what you see? I can't say that he's perfected the position. I saw a couple of plays last night that were a little bit of head scratchers that – I still think Josh Allen has this idea that he's bigger, he's stronger, he can throw the ball faster, he can jump over you, he can stiff arm you. Um, I think he has a little bit of a Superman mentality, and so far it's worked for him every step of the way. But every once in a while you see a play where it's like, all right, Josh, maybe you should have thrown the ball away there, maybe you should have slid. I, I just worry that maybe someday it could catch up to him. Yeah, he probably should have asked uh, as, as close to perfection uh, as possible because nobody – certainly is perfect, although in the two playoff games last year, he certainly looked the part. Um, Von Miller, how do, how does he change a defense? You know, where, where does he change a defense the most? Where, where is his impact felt, in your opinion? Is it is it straight up just going to get the quarterback? Is it the fact that he's the main edge rusher and then everybody else doesn't have as much pressure? Um, is it the locker room mentality type of a thing that people feed off him? They want to win like him. They want the ring like him. Where, like where, where does where is his impact felt the most on a defense? Uh, I think he's a speed player who is best just knifing into the backfield. He's got some great moves, whether it's against the pass or against the run. And we saw last night he didn't have a sack, but his biggest play was that one run to the left edge of the offense where he kind of knifed into the backfield, tripped up the uh, running back for a loss. And those are the types of plays that we've just seen Von Miller make for a really long time now. And there was a time like at the end of his run with the Broncos where I feel like he was kind of out of sight, out of mind, had some injuries. People kind of chalked him up, I think, as washed up. Um, and then last year to see him just join the Rams and you know, go all the way to the Super Bowl and play a really, really large role with them. Uh, you know, people realize, hey, you can't just write off Von Miller. He's still a very, very good player. And to add him to the, a team like the Bills, it almost seems unfair. Um, you don't need him to 
you know, do what he did on the Broncos back in 2015 when, you know, he was the Super Bowl MVP because the Broncos offense, you know, was working with the noodle arm Peyton Manning in his final season. You know, you got Josh Allen on the other side of the ball. So whatever you get from Von Miller just feels like icing on the cake. Stefan Diggs, um, it seems like he and Allen were just meant to be together. He was running great routes. He probably could have had a 200-yard game. Allen could have had a 400-yard game if they had stayed in. But, of course, the starters were pulled late third, early fourth, uh, whenever it was there. Um, with Stefan Diggs, how, how is he different? You know, it's hard because there's so many talented, great receivers, right? You got Chase and Jefferson and Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. I mean, there's so many of them. But they all kind of have their own distinct quality, right? They have their own uniqueness to their game. What is Diggs's? Stephon Diggs is a reception machine. And we saw a couple of years ago when he led the league in receptions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think what you get from him in yardage and touchdowns is, is all gravy. But uh, overall, that's the type of receiver that quarterbacks love. The guy, last night, 12 receptions. You know, you can count on Stephon Diggs for, you know, five-plus receptions pretty much every game, it feels like. And if you're a quarterback, yeah, it, believe me, it's great to hit that deep shot to Jake Kumaro or whoever, um, you know, at some point in the game. But Jake Kumaro is not the guy that Josh Allen's leaning on to get into a rhythm, you know, to, to find his timing. That's Stephon Diggs. And so that's a really, really crucial role, even in games where he's not going off for 148 yards and three touchdowns. But let's say he has, you know, 10 catches for 80 yards, um, maybe not his best statistical performance. But that actually went a long way, aside from drawing the number one defensive back. But that goes a long way. And I think getting Josh Allen in a rhythm and the entire offense in a rhythm, I think, especially when you look at the way that they run the ball, which is sparingly. Um, Stephon Diggs is that, you know, that tone setter, that guy that kind of sets the pace and dictates the offense. When the Titans scored to make it seven to seven, did you have any thoughts of, oh, man, here we go again, right? Like Derrick Henry running into the end zone, physical thorn in your side team that the Titans have been the last couple of years against the Bills. Did you have that thought or did you feel like the Bills were in firm, firm control? I thought the Bills were in firm control. Um, you know, full disclosure here, Mike, I'm a Giants fan. I watched the Titans play the Giants in week one. And, you know, I'm not fully drinking. I guess maybe I'm sipping. I'm not chugging the Giants Kool-Aid yet. But I know if the Giants come back and beat the Titans on the road in Tennessee, I didn't think the Titans had a chance in Buffalo last night. And um, Derrick Henry, like you said, you mentioned earlier, the guys that came out of the game at the end of the third or beginning of the fourth you think espn wants their money back you know with all the stars that were <laughs> on the sidelines in the fourth quarter of that game that was just complete domination yeah no doubt about it uh we're talking some uh, bills uh, titans and uh, bills really overall here on the pandemonium podcast with uh kevin boiler does a great job content creator nfl insider with cbs sports fox sports bleacher report in the past and uh, doing great things now um multiple platforms you can follow him on twitter at kevin boilard and uh instagram as well um I guess right now the Bills, you know, are, are looking ahead to this Miami game, and I, injuries would be number one, right? I mean, Ed Oliver and Tim Settle didn't play in this game. Uh, Jordan Phillips goes down late. Matt Milano goes down late. Micah Hyde goes down late. Dane Jackson uh, had just an unbelievably gruesome uh, injury. Was carted off in an ambulance. He's at home resting now in further evaluations, but doesn't have a serious neck injury or head injury, which is incredible news. Um, 
how how worried should Bills fans be about the the Dolphins this week with possible layers of injuries? I know the Bills have depth and they keep throwing it out in in every position, but the Dolphins right now are rolling too, man. And Waddle and Hale and Tua look great. How worried from an injury standpoint on the Bills side? Um, that's a good point. When you list it like that, it makes sense why all those starters came out in the third or fourth quarter, um, because yeah, they were dropping like flies for a little bit. I haven't seen the severity and I'm sure we're going to hear, um, more as the week unfolds on a lot of those guys. Um, but looking at the dolphins and let's just say the bills are not entirely decimated on defense. Uh, I don't think we're going to see another six touchdown, 460 yard performance from Tua Tungvaluwa. I'm not saying it's, you know, it can't happen against another team. I just don't think it's going to happen against the Bills in week three. I think that the Ravens kind of laid down, thought the game was over. And at that point, you know, Tua, it's basically practice. And uh, that's, uh, to me, when Tua is at his best, just when he's no pressure, able to kind of just sling the ball around. But you're right. You can't underestimate those two guys, Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They're very good receivers, obviously super explosive and can uh, take the top off the defense or really chew you up yards after the carry. So, uh, the Bills are going to need every every one they've got on defense. So when you do list those injuries like that, it does sound a little concerning. But if I'm a Bills fan, hey, you just won 41-7 last night. I know the Dolphins are 2-0, but that's a very different looking 2-0 than the Bills are right now. I think going into this year, most people thought, hey, you know, with the draft and certain moves, uh, some cap space and whatnot, I mean, the Dolphins got way better. The Jets got way better. And two weeks in, it looks like that's the case. The Patriots were brutal in week one, but then they come back and win literally one of the most boring games ever against Pittsburgh. They're one and one. So the division overall, you know, the Bills will win the division, but it's not as easy as some people just think. I mean, it's not it's not six walkovers anymore, is it? I don't think it is. And if you look at the NFC East and the AFC East, they're home to four of the six 2-0 teams right now. Yeah. So that's where the yeah. power seems to be centralized on the East Coast. All right, final thing for you. You mentioned, you know, you, you, you're a giant supporter. Um, Joe Shane as GM and Brian Dable as head coach. It seems like, again, a career isn't built on two games, and I understand that. But for the early part here, they're working with Daniel Jones. They're working with a lack of playmakers. They're working with weak corners. They're weak, working with space that's been given up on the defensive side, not getting off third down, you know, out of off the field on third down the last few years has been a real problem. Uh, God, Dave Gettleman set them back for a while, but here they are, and they're two and zero. And Brian Dable has really influenced this team um, in, in, in a lot of ways. A lot of the things coming from Buffalo and his what twenty years experience as an assistant coach in this league. Um, what has impressed you the most? about Dable and how he has come in and kind of resurrected things with the G-Men? I would say, and as you mentioned, it's only two games, but how quickly he's establishing a winning culture. Uh, the last five years, we've seen the Giants start 0-2. Now, one year under Brian Dable, they're 2-0. and um, And, yeah, it was the Panthers and the Titans. So I don't think that's the best talent they're going to see. And you got another 2-0 and right in your own uh, division in the Philadelphia Eagles, but look at the way they're winning. You know, Daniel Jones has two game winning drives. He's making plays with his legs. Um, you know, he hasn't been perfect. They're grinding it out. They know what they do well. 
on offense. They get the ball. They turn around, get the ball to Saquon Barkley, let him do his thing. The wide receiver room is an absolute mess. They've got, you know, nothing worth writing home about at that position. Their tight end is a rookie, but their offensive line is coming together. And I think they're finding a way to win the game on offense. Defensively, you got to give all the credit to defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, who came over from the Baltimore Ravens this offseason. He was playing six, seven defensive backs. Um, you know, Xavier McKinney playing in place of, uh, you know, a starting linebacker basically shutting down Christian McCaffrey in the in the passing game. He's really creative and he's bringing a lot of pressure and he's using his defensive backs to do it. Um, it's an undermanned unit, as you mentioned. Corner is not a not a strength of this team, um, but safety kind of is. And defensive line, they're strong as well. But they're missing their two best pass rushers. Haven't even stepped foot on the field yet. Aziz Ojalari and Kayvon Thibodeau. Imagine when they get those two guys back in the mix. I really think that the Giants can feel the top ten defense, and if they're pushing for a playoff spot late in the year it's going to because be because of wink martindale in that defense no doubt about that the analysis was terrific as i expected it would be kevin boiler the nfl content creator on twitter at kevin boiler go get him on instagram as well past days with cbs sports fox sports and bleacher report kevin i always love chatting with you man have a great week hey man thanks a lot mike i'll catch you next time all right i'm gonna do a little breakdown of the game here i was there uh, working stats for espn it was just an unbelievable time great atmosphere horrendous traffic but the game the situation uh, the atmosphere the press box the food in the press box i mean good grief beef sandwiches uh, mac and cheese fruit salad um, and, and then at the half they had wings and corn salad and, uh, with the beans, it was just a delicious mix of, of a bunch of stuff. And then, um, they had fruit as well. And it's just, you know, and, oh, and they had, they had fried chicken, I believe before the game too. Uh, it was, it was insane, you know, and that one table in the press box, by the way, is really, really dangerous. It was right behind me. Uh, I had a great seat, a great vantage point of the game. I was right, right in front of the dangerous table that had chips didn't eat any of those but peanuts and cashews which i have a weak spot for i'm not supposed to have any of that stuff with blood pressure and all the rest but um and then peanut m&ms which are just you you cannot put a bowl of peanut m&ms in front of me and and, and not have i mean I, I have to dabble in I, I there's no way in hell you can put it in front of me and i don't eat them it's just they're too good they're too good it might be my favorite candy actually so uh great stuff there ran into a lot of people awesome to meet past guests of my shows um you know, Matt Perino and Joe Biscaglia and uh, ran into Adam Benini, uh, met Mike Catalano, who I've had on. So uh, it was really, really cool. Got to visit with a bunch of people, uh, Chuck Pollock, Sal Marana, uh, just friends of mine and people who I've had on shows for years and years and years. So that was pretty cool to uh, meet and greet and, uh, you know, catch up with people who uh, have been friends with me for a long time. All right. This game, the blueprint was, was outlined, right? Stop Derrick Henry. Okay. Score, well, score early, stop Derrick Henry, and then roll. And the Bills pretty much did that. I mean, when the Titans scored at 7-7, I was kind of in the middle. You know, Kevin just talked about the the Bills being in firm control. I still felt they were in control, but there are thoughts from past games that creep into your head, right? I mean, it's only, it's only normal. It's a 50-50 kind of feeling for me. And it turns out that... Um, you know, you didn't have to didn't have to worry if you were a Bills fan. You know, they just uh, while Josh Allen kind of had a slow start, um, he really got out of the funk and just dominated the football game. Um, no Gabe Davis on offense, no problem. 
And, uh, you know, after that touchdown, the Titans didn't score again. You know, Tyler Bass field goal. And then the ridiculous play by Allen, um, you know, kind of backpedaling and waiting and, and not having anything. And he waited for Stephon Diggs to kind of go around the back of the defense. What an unbelievable hustle play by Diggs. Uh, he catches the pass from Allen, four-yard touchdown, 17-7 at the half. And then in the third quarter, it just got ugly for Tennessee, man. Stephon Diggs with a 40 Six-yard uh, pass uh, catch from Josh Allen. Just a thing of beauty. Seven plays, 80 yards, 226 as far as time goes. Uh, I mean, just dropping a dime uh, on that one. It was just beautiful through the air. It looked so good in person, so good on TV. Tyler Bass with another field goal. Then digs again from 14 yards out. His third touchdown of the game. You guys who have fantasy points with digs, oh my goodness, uh, I didn't even check to see how many he racked up, but uh, I had him last year quite a bit, and I've got Devontae Adams this year and Jamar Chase, but, man, every time I watch Diggs, I'm like, damn it, I should have drafted him just to have him on the team, just to be so happy that I have Stephon Diggs on my team. I should have just drafted all Bills players this year and just kind of see what happens, right? Seriously. Um, you can't do that, I know, but it would have been fascinating for sure. Uh, and then Matt Milano, 43-yard interception return, and ba-boom, Bills win it 41-7. He almost had another one. Um, obviously, you know, there's there's so much to unpack after a game, and I would say that, you know, uh, the good was the way the Bills responded after the Titans, um, you know, uh, a touchdown. The good would be how complete of a team the Bills are. The good would be the depth that the Bills showed yet again going into this game without Gabe Davis, no problem. You know, you had receivers catching it. Diggs, Kumaro, Knox, McKenzie, uh, Gilliam, Crowder, Morris, right? Like, they were all involved. Devin Singletary had two catches as well, but only two yards. Um, you know, all these guys got involved. Josh Allen spread the wealth a little bit. Um, I would also say because you blew him out, you got to pull a lot of starters, which gives Allen some rest, get you ready for the Miami game this week on a short week. I like that. Uh, James Cook got going in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, he, he, he exploded for a 30-plus yard run. I thought that was great. Get his confidence up as well. Uh, after fumbling in week one, um, you know, and uh, other good things were were obviously the, the the defense with the depth too. I mean, my gosh, they go in there without Ed Oliver, without Tim Settle, no problem. Taron Johnson steps up, makes plays, makes tackles. Greg Rousseau pushes the pocket all the way back, a force in the run game. He also had a sack. Jordan Poyer all over the place with an interception and great tackling. Kyrie Elam, uh, uh, Bernard, uh, Christian Benford was awesome in this game. The rookie corner. Out of Villanova, uh, Matt Milano, uh, all over the place. Dane Jackson uh, had gotten hurt in this game, and that's you know kind of the the bad part uh, of the game is that the Bills' injuries are just really, really, really loaded right now. I would assume the injury report, and I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon. You know, we'll still have it, Oliver. We'll still have Tim Settle. We'll still have Gabe Davis. Um, but now you attack on you know more guys. I mean, Dane Jackson went down. Um, in this game, Edmonds and Jackson were trying to, you know, make a play, make a tackle uh, on the offensive player for the Titans. And um, Tremaine Edmonds went in and just hit his head and neck, and it snapped, both snapped back. And it was terrifying. It was gruesome. It was hard to watch. Uh, prayers up for Dane Jackson. But good news as I record this this morning, the Buffalo Bills PR handle on Twitter and their team handle had tweeted out Dane Jackson was transported last night to ECMC and underwent various tests which determined there was no major injury to his neck or spinal cord. He was released from the hospital and is undergoing further evaluation and he is resting at home. So 
That is some great, great stuff. Great news for the Bills, for Dane Jackson. <clears throat> you know, and frankly, a guy who was playing at an elite level before he got injured uh, in the collision to um, to, uh, to tr with Tremaine Edmonds. So uh, good news there. The Bills had two sacks. They had uh, two interceptions in this game. Uh, they were all over the place, man. The, the depth showed, um, and, and it was just a manhandling of, of the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, when you start looking at these numbers, you start thinking about things and, you know, what 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 unit is better? You know, what what unit defense offense is better? I mean, you can make the argument for each one. You know, I would almost lean towards the defense right now, okay? The Bills, by the way, a couple of numbers to uh, to end the show with. The Bills plus 55-point differential leaves the NFL uh, second place is KC and Tampa Bay with plus 26 and is the second highest in team history through two games, the last being plus 63 in 1981. That's according to Buffalo Bills PR. Uh, NFL research had thrown this one out. Only five players in the Super Bowl era have at least three career games with 140 plus receiving yards and three receiving touch three plus receiving touchdowns. The names: Jerry Rice, Stephon Diggs. Excuse me, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, seven four. Stephon Diggs three, including week two. Marvin Harrison with three. Tyree Kill with three. You're talking about Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Stephon Diggs on his way possibly to the Hall of Fame. Marvin Harrison, Hall of Famer. Tyree Kill, no doubt about a Hall of Famer. Right? So, wowzes. I mean, the numbers, the stats, all this stuff uh, coming in is really remarkable uh, to watch. The Bills uh, had three games with 40 points and four forced turnovers since the start of last season. That's according to ESPN Stats and Info. A couple more for you here. Through two weeks, Stephon Diggs leads the NFL in receiving touchdowns with four. Diggs ranks second in the NFL in both catches, 20, and receiving yards, 270. And finally, the most amazing stat, perhaps, of all of them that I saw, the Buffalo Bills have 20 consecutive wins by double digits. 20 consecutive wins by double digits. Remarkable. And oh, by the way, let me add one more, and I tweeted this out last night because I said, you know what, I'd like to see exactly you know, where Josh Allen is with a 300-yard game thing. Because remember, all we talked about was, well, maybe not us, but them. Them, the bad guys in the media, hating on the Bills, hating on Allen. When is this guy ever going to throw a 300 yard game, right? That's all we heard about, right? Well, he went into 2022 with 17 300-yard games, and now he has two more, so he has 19 300-yard games in his career. So he went from being questioned about a 300-yard game to falling out of bed, getting them repeatedly. And, oh, by the way, a lot of those games – he had 400 yards in a game. So a lot of unbelievable numbers, a lot of unbelievable things to, to talk about. But again, at the end of the day, the Bills, they've, they, they've, they've, they've you know, really uh, made the hype and expectations seem real. Uh, they've achieved every goal that, that has been in sight so far. Von Miller has noted that, you know, there's a killer on this. There, there, there's kind of a killer mentality, a blood in the water uh, sort of a shark mentality here with this club, and I'm paraphrasing, but, um, you know, and what a quote he is. He's so fun. Um, you know, in the press conference, I, I stayed for Allen. I stayed for Sean McDermott. I stayed for uh, Jordan Poyer and Von Miller, who were together. And Von Miller is just the life of the party, man. He was waiting to go in. McDermott walks out. Von Miller's clapping and yelling, woo, great job, you know, uh, razzing him a little bit. Awesome quotes all the time. You can just 
feel the Von Miller effect, man. You can feel the impact. You can feel the locker room mentality. You can feel the winner's mentality, the winner's attitude. And he's got all of that and more. And uh, and as far as on the field, I mean, I, he's he's unblockable. <clears throat> he's extremely difficult on the edge. He's extremely difficult when he moves, you know, from the edge in, in inside a little bit, um, you know, and, 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 and attacks that way with a spin move and all the rest. This guy is a major, major player. They got to stay the course. They got to, you know, get this regular season in. And then from there, we know the bread is going to be buttered in January and what they hope to be February, right? Because if the Bills can stay the course here, win a bunch of games, get the one seed, I think a lot of people would feel confident. It wouldn't be a shoe in but confident if it goes through Orchard Park that the Buffalo Bills will go to the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills should have gone to the Super Bowl last year. We all know what happened. But they're hungry right now. This is a team on a mission, and uh, you know the bills are uh, the bills are rolling. You know to start the season, you couldn't have asked for a better start. Now again, the injuries. I don't like to see this many injuries piling up just two weeks into the season. The good news, though, to think about up ahead here, right, is the Buffalo Bills have an early buy. Now, normally, I don't like an early buy. I don't. Um, you know, I like I like my buys to be around week uh, week eight nine ish, kind of just like right smack dab in the middle of the season. Even a week tenner is fine, especially now with a seventeen game schedule. But I got news for you: they have an early bye week. It's week seven. They have four more games. That's it until they have a bye at Miami, at Baltimore, Pittsburgh at home, at Kansas City. So they play those four games. Let's say they win three of four, and they go in five and one with a bye week, and they get healthy for Green Bay Sunday night. I think you take that. I think you take that. Miami's going to be tough this week, man. I mean, Tua and, and Tyreek Hill and Waddle, they are rolling right now. Gasecki's getting open in the middle now because Tyreek's such a weapon. And, of course, they came back on the Ravens down 35-14 late in the third quarter. They scored 21 unanswered and win the football game. You just don't see those comebacks in the NFL. And, oh, by the way, it happened after Lamar Jackson was going up and down the field on, on that team. I mean, Lamar Jackson was out of his mind. You know, over 100 yards uh, running, over 100, 300 yards uh, passing, and, um, you know, had four touchdowns from scrimmage. So uh, the Dolphins credit them. Uh, Mike McDaniel's got, uh, you know, just looks like he's lockstep with Tua. Tua's always been accurate. Tua's always been a really good guy. Tua's always been a, a leader. Um, but now you add Tyree Kill, and, and that's what the NFL is, right? 50% of being a really good to developing great quarterback to developing elite quarterback 50% is on you, the quarterback. You're watching your diet, right? You're working out. You're well coached. You're doing the right things off the field. You're doing the right things in the playbook. All the things that you can control. The other 50% is, did the general manager surround you with talent? Do you have continuity with a head coach? Continuity with a coordinator? All those sorts of things. Tua didn't have quite that latter part. Now he does. And so far, so good for Miami. Should be an unbelievable game. And I could see either team winning right now as I record this on Tuesday afternoon. Hey, make sure you follow, subscribe, rate, and review uh, our platform everywhere you get podcasts. It's a built-in Buffalo podcast network. Uh, definitely appreciate the shares and the likes and get us on Facebook, get us on Instagram, and of course, subscribe to the built-in Buffalo YouTube page as well. I'm Mike Lindsley. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and my YouTube page as well. Mike L Sports, and this is the Pandemonium Podcast on the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Huge thanks to Kevin Boiler, the NFL content creator and insider, and as I always tell you, 
enjoy the games.